There's this little bird that does peekaboo, and I thought it was really funny, so I showed it to you because tonight we're talking about, well, first of all, have you ever played peekaboo before? Like when you were a little kid, did your parents ever play peekaboo with you? No? Are you guys awake tonight? Are you guys out here? Hello. Hi, everybody. Well, my parents did. We played peekaboo, and uh, I was actually hanging out with a buddy today, and he's got like this little, little daughter, really cute, little chunky cheeks, and he was playing peekaboo with him, with her. And it just made me think of, like, that game and, the, the kind of, like, the idea behind it. And sometimes as I think about peekaboo, like, it's almost like you don't forget the person's face, right? So why do you do that? Like, it's not like, oh, I forgot you're there. Like, I can't see you behind your hands. But little kids love it. They just think it's the greatest thing. And as I was thinking through my relationship with Jesus this week and the passage that we're in, because we're talking about Christmas, and we're going to look at Moses and his relationship with God. I was thinking about how it looked so much like peekaboo to me, like this idea that Moses was like talking to God and he's like, I want to know you better, God. And God's like, but you know me. And he's like, but I want to know you better. He's like, but, but you know me. And there's this like exchange back and forth between God and Moses. But Moses kind of like, he knew God so well. God had revealed himself to Moses in so many different ways that like, I'm thinking today, like, wow. Moses, you were so lucky. It was like you were basically playing peekaboo with God, and you kept going, but I want more. I want to know more about you. I want to see your face again. Like, show yourself to me, God. And it was this, like, really cool exchange where he was like this little kid. It was like this little kid emotion that he had going on where he's looking at God just so excited to know his God more, right? And so when I saw this video, I was like, man, I wish I was that excited. You know, was that when I thought of God, that my heart would just well up within me, and sometimes Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. It feels like this dryness, you know, this dry season that I think a lot of us often go through. And it's these moments where we have to stop before God and just ask him, like, Lord, will you just make my heart fresh again? Would you put back in my heart this desire to know you like that, to to be excited about who you are, to kind of play peekaboo with you and say, Lord, show me your face again. Show me your glory again. Show me who you are. Tell me something new about you today. So that every morning when we wake up, it's kind of like another game of peekaboo with God. Like, Lord, what are you going to tell me about yourself today? What can I learn about you? Instead of this this thing where sometimes as Christians and churchgoers, because I kind of see you almost every Wednesday night, right? And a lot of you on Sundays. And we do this thing together. We're in this church, like, rhythm together. And sometimes as we look at each other, we can see each other and go, man, are you like, are you in a dry season right now? Like, are you excited that you're here at church? Are you excited that you're walking into a place where we're promised God's presence is here because we're two or three are gathered together in his name like there he is? So he's here tonight as we sing these songs, as we listen to God's words, as we pray together in the same room. God's presence is here with us. So my question is like, are you excited about that? Not just emotionally excited, but like, is there a joy in your heart like we talked about last week? This, this, this steady thing in us that says, God, just give me more of you. I'm so excited to be sitting in the presence of the living God who created everything in all of existence, who has all the power of the universe in his fingertips, right? I'm in his presence right now. He is here in the room with us right now. His Holy Spirit is indwelling, like living inside of us who believe in his son, Jesus. Those are big things. And so now when I look at the story of Moses and I watch Moses do this back and forth with God that we're about to see, I'm like, I get it. Like, I get why you're so excited to be like, God, show me something else. 
Like, I want to see more. I want to know more. I want to be more intimate with you and understand you better. And so my prayer tonight is that as we look at this, that you guys would be like, you'd be able to leave this place and go, you know what? I don't want one more day of my life to go by without realizing that I am in the presence of the living God. I don't want one more day of my life to go by where it's wasted and I haven't just begged God to show me more of himself. Y'all, I don't want one more day to go by that you would think that we serve some boring, faraway, distant God. But he loves you. First, he knows your name. So you guys open up with me. We're in Exodus chapter 33 tonight. We're going to read the story of Moses. It's a beautiful story about his interaction with God. It says in, in verse 12, chapter 33, it says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, and he's like pointing at the people of Israel, but you've not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you've also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I've found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways. Listen to this part. That I may know you. In order to find favor in your sight, Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Do you see how much Moses wants to know God? It's this real desire in him, like this craving where he's saying, God, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be content. I can't rest until I know you more. God, you've asked me to do this really big thing, right? You want me to lead this group of people here out of Egypt and, like, like, and, and, and now like lead them? But God, if you're not with me, he's like, I can't. I can't do this. I need you to go with me. I need to know you. And I need to know that you know me. I need to know, God, that you're walking with us. It's this awesome moment where Moses realizes, like, he's not enough. He's not enough to do the things God's called him to do. He's not enough to be a success on his own, to tackle the challenges that are coming his way. Listen, you probably feel the same way in a lot of areas of your life, because I know I do. There are a lot of things where I have to look up to God and go, listen, I am not capable. I can't do this. And God's like, Rob, it's okay. It's actually good that you're not. That's part of the plan because I want you to see how much you need me. I want you to fall on your knees and go, God, I need you so that you depend on me and seek me out and, and trust me, right? He wants our faith. He wants our trust, and it's part of this plan. And so when Moses realizes this and he falls on his knees before God, God's like, yes, yes, you got it. (laughs) This is where I want you. So Moses looks up with these big eyes and just says, God, let me know you. You ever asked God that question? Requested that of God? Like you just fell to a moment where you're like, Lord, I just want to know you more. I want to know the one who created me. I want to know what your plans are for my life. I want to know what you see for me. I want to, I just, I want to know you more. That's where Moses was. He had a big challenge ahead of him and he had really no other way to go. So he falls at the feet of God and he's like, Lord, I want to know you. Will you show me your ways? But he didn't just want to know God. Like Moses wanted to be known by God. It was, it was this relationship that he was craving. It wasn't just knowledge. Like, let me know about you because I'm really interested in science and I'm interested in everything you've created or theology, like it wasn't just this academic thing for him. 
and just really like studying like what he wanted was a relationship. He looked at God and said, know me and let me know you. Like, I want to engage in this relationship with you, a real friendship. Like, I want to be your child. I want you to be my father. Like, I want this intimacy with you. How many Christians stop with the knowledge of who God is? And then they're like, all right, well, that's enough now. I'm good. I've arrived. They checked the little box off. I went to Sunday school. I learned about God. I kind of, I've read the Bible. I've, I've done this, and now I'm just good, and I'm going to go live life. Instead of saying, like, I want the rest of eternity, literally eternity, to be me and you getting closer. God, I want to know you more. I want to spend my days with you. I want to spend my nights with you. I want to go out and do stuff with you. I want to watch you work. I want to see you perform miracles. I want you to blow my mind. I want to be there, God, when you split the oceans in half. I want to get to watch as you raise dead people back to life. I want to get to see and look on as you feed people with just a couple loaves of bread and a fish. Like, how in the world are you doing this, God? Let me be a part of what you're doing. Let me watch you take broken hearts and mend them and break people free from addiction. Let me serve next to you as you love people and wrap your arms around the hurting. God, I just want a life spent in your presence. I'm not asking for wealth and money and big houses and a perfect life. I'm just asking to be with you. Wherever you go, wherever you take me, whether it's an up or a down, I don't care as long as we're together. That's what Moses is asking. I just want a relationship with my creator. So beautiful. And then he says this, God looks back at Moses, right? And he goes, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What sweet words to hear from your creator. The all-powerful God looks back at Moses and he gives him what he wants. He gives him what he asked for. He promises him this, you will have my presence. You're not going alone. And look at what happens. Because he says, my presence will go with you, look what happens as a result. I will give you rest. Like Moses gets to know that when he goes off and he takes his people of Israel with him, like that God is going with them so he has nothing to fear. There's this peace that can settle in his heart knowing that this big, strong, unbelievably amazing God has it under control. And so Moses is a leader. He's like, I can rest in that. I can know that God's strong enough to take on anything that faces us as I lead these people. And so if his presence goes with me, I can rest in that. Look, that promise isn't just for Moses leading the people of Israel. That promise is for us. That we, when you are in the presence of your God who loves you, your Father in heaven as, your, as his child, he takes you, and no matter what you face, God is there for you. God has your life under control, even in the down, even when there is pain, even when there is sickness, even when there is poverty, as you are in the lowest of lows, he's there. His presence is promised to you there. So even in those moments that seem unbelievably hard, you can go, God, you've got this under control. I can rest. I can have peace, even in the hard times. God did not say, Moses, everything's going to go perfect for you. So when you leave here, people of Israel are going to be wealthy and build castles and have all those gold and diamonds, and you'll be perfectly healthy forever. Nothing's going wrong because I'm here. He never said that. 
He didn't make that promise. And they went through some ups and downs. <laughs> but what he did promise is no matter where you go or how bad it gets, my presence is there. And as my presence is there, you can trust me. There can be peace in your heart. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I know that I've had a lot of conversations recently with students. And in this holiday season, there are a lot of students out there that are just broken. A lot of hurting hearts. A lot of depression. Many who feel hopeless, helpless. And, and as I'm having these conversations, this passage just kept flooding my heart to share with you guys tonight. Because there are probably some in the room who bring that pain here tonight. And you're hurting, and you feel hopeless, and you're like, man, I just don't know. But you can be assured tonight. Because you're hearing God say it to you from his word. You can be in his presence. The presence of God will go with you if you'll kneel before him and ask him for it. And when God's presence is there in your life and in your heart, you can have peace. You can trade in that hopelessness and that hurt and that brokenness and take his peace and his rest instead. Because he's got it under control. So Moses gets what he wants. I love that because that means God isn't just some big mathematical cold like equation out there somewhere that brought the universe into existence and he doesn't think or care. God is this caring, loving, thinking, like, being who loves us, who wants a relationship with us, not just like this cold thing of like, serve me, but like, let me be with you. Let me wrap my arms around you like a father would to a child. Let me care about you and be in your presence. He wants to spend time with you. He wants his power to be in your heart and in your life. And I love that he gives us that choice. I wonder tonight if you've accepted that. Maybe you want that and you've just never received it because he's like offering and you've just never been like, okay, God, I want it. You're just kind of like, oh, I didn't really know that God actually wanted to give me his presence. Maybe tonight even you would just receive that from him. Say, God, yeah, come inside my heart. Invade my life. I want your presence all around me tonight, Lord. Fill me with your love and your peace. I need it tonight. Moses certainly did. And so God says, listen, I'm going to give you my presence and you'll have rest. And then look at what happens. He said to him, if your presence will not go with me, don't bring us from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we're, we're distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. He's like, how will they know that we're different? Like, how will they think that we're any different than any other people group around? And remember, Moses had just come from Egypt, right? And Egypt had all these gods. They had these, like, fake gods and these religion that was, like, all built up and supposedly powerful. But he had just lived in that and grown up with that and saw how absolutely weak and powerless it was. And I'm guessing here, but if I were Moses, I would probably look around and go, I am fed up with how powerless all of this talk is about the religion of Egypt. So much so that when he bumps into the living God 
who's actually real and actually exists and created everything that is in existence. He's like, holy cow, that's real power. That's nothing like Egypt. That's nothing like what I grew up in, this, this fakeness of, of, of religion that they built on their own. This is the real God speaking to me. This is a real God showing up in bushes that he's setting on fire and speaking out of the bush. This is the real God who's done all this incredible stuff. Like, I am here in the presence of power, like real power. He could see the difference. It wasn't some carved out idol or some golden statue. This was a real powerful God. And so he looks at him, he's like, God, don't you dare, please don't tell me to go and do this thing if you're not going with me. Moses wasn't about like just trying to accomplish some really awesome thing and like impressing everybody. He wanted the presence of God. He wanted to do the thing that God was calling him to do. How often do we try to do stuff just to get other people to pat us on the back? Even good things, like I'm going to go serve and do this thing and hopefully people will post me on Instagram or like, you know, I'll get some sort of recognition for what I do or my parents will be proud of me or so-and-so will say something. And Moses is just like, I'm not doing a thing, God, unless it's legitimately your will. And I want your presence there. How else will anyone know that we are actually a people of the living God if you're not actually with us? We'll be just like everyone else. We'll be powerless. We won't be able to do anything without your presence. I love this because Moses desired the presence of God, not just for himself, but for his people. Do you desire the presence of God for the people in your family and your friends that you would consider like your tribe, like your people? Do you actually want those that you love to know the living God, to experience hope, like real hope, real peace, real power? from the only one who can give it? Do you want the people in your life who don't have a relationship with God to know him, to be forgiven of sin, to be able to go to heaven forever? Do you desire that for them? If so, will you be like Moses? Will you stand up before God and plead their case for them and say, God, please save these people. Please show yourself to them. Please be present with them. Let them be saved. Let them see you for who you are and see your power. Pray that over the people in your life. Desire God's presence, not just for yourself, but for your tribe. And see what God does. Moses certainly did. And then it says this, and the Lord said to Moses, so God looks back at Moses, and it says, this very thing that you've spoken, I will do. For you found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. By name. Moses said, please show me your glory. You see the peekaboo happening? <laughs> like God shows him a little bit of himself. He like promises him a thing, and he's like, that's good. But, but you know, I, I really want to know more about you, God. And it's like, okay, I'll do that. And he, but God, I really want your presence. He's like, I'll go with you. He's like, how about your peace and your rest? I'm going to give it to you. And then he says, like, God, I just can't get enough of you. I just desire more and more of you. Show me your glory. I keep revealing yourself to me. Moses had this serious addiction to God. And it was a great thing. <laughs> It's a good addiction to have, to desire God more than anything else in the world. It's how we were created to be. We were created and designed to be dependent on him. We were created and designed to glorify and praise him, just to 
behold his glory and be like, holy cow, you're amazing. That's what our purpose is. And so here Moses is living out that very purpose saying, God, I can't get enough of you. The more you give me, the more I want. I just want to know you more and more and more. And God's like, I'm going to give this thing to you. I love that Moses didn't want more and more from God. Notice that. He wanted more and more of God. But a lot of us, our prayers are like this. God, like, can you give me this thing that I really want? Can you help me get a good grade on that test or be able to do this thing over here or buy this thing over here? Or could you change this part of my life that it could, it could be better? And it's always asking God for something. We want something from God. That's what our prayer lives often look like. But what if our prayer lives changed and instead of constantly asking for things, we were going, God, I don't want more from you. I want more of you. The prayer is you, like the request is you. God, let me know you more. Let me experience your presence and your joy and your peace, your power. Just let me be with you. All of a sudden, your heart is captivated more by the God of the universe, the creator of everything, than all the stuff he created. That's when you know God has captivated your heart. That's when you know you have fallen in love with him. That's when you know that you are drifting into this deep, incredible relationship that will bring power and joy and peace to your life like you've never understood before. Because you stop chasing the junk that will disappear and fade and break. And you start going after the thing that is the most precious, most priceless thing in all of existence. It is God himself. And he's saying, I want to give you more of me. I want you to have more of me. And Moses is like, bring it on. Because I want more for me and for my people. God, show me your glory. And this really interesting thing happens because Moses was born into sin, just like every one of us since Adam. And we've been born into a broken world with broken bodies that are too fragile to even stand anymore in the presence of God's glory without just being disintegrated. And so there's this thing happening, right? And God has to explain something. Listen to what he says. And he said, I will make all my goodness, all God's goodness, like how much is that even? That's not even like comprehensible. I'll make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face. For man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by where you shall stand on the rock over by this cave, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, in this little like fold of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand. God's hand's literally going to cover and protect Moses. Until I've passed by, he said. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Moses couldn't even stand face to face with this almighty, powerful God and survive it. You see, we're too broken and fragile to be able to endure that. God is absolutely too infinite, 
and incredible and powerful for us to even endure that in our present state. But God said, I'm still going to be gracious and good and love you, and I'll still let you see my glory, but I have to kind of, I have to guard you from it and protect you from it. You can't handle all of it, so I'm going to give you just enough. I'm going to give you just what you need so that you can be satisfied and quenched in me, but yet not too much that it would destroy you. Man, how many times in your life do you think God's already done that and you don't even know that's what he's doing? These times where God has protected you and you didn't even know it was his protection. You were just like maybe upset with him. Like, how come I didn't get the fullness of this thing like that I was asking for? And God's like, you didn't even know it would destroy you. You didn't even know you couldn't handle it. But here I am always guarding you, always protecting you, always thinking of you. And in this case, it's his very glory that he's talking about, right? Like Moses just wants more of God, but he couldn't handle it. And so God's like, I'm going to give you enough of me, just the right amount that you need right now. And that's what he wants to do for us too. He wants to continually just give you just enough to grow you, to build you, to make you more like him, to fill you with peace and joy, but not too much that it would destroy you in our present state, God wants to give you more and more of himself. I love that because he really wants us to desire him and to find the greatest pleasure of our life in him. That the thing we would want most out of everything would just be, God, I want you. And he's like, I'm going to give it. And I'm going to give it in amounts that you can take and that you can handle God made a way for Moses to be able to actually see God's glory. He didn't just shut him down. It was like, man, you can't handle it. You're done. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to make a way because I want you to grow closer. I want you to desire me more. And so he gently made this way for Moses to at least see his back, to at least be able to gaze on some of his glory and go, holy cow, I couldn't even imagine. You showed me a sliver a sliver of your glory in my mind is absolutely blown. I couldn't even imagine what your full glory would be. That's how big your God is. Stop letting your God sit in this little teeny box because you tried to put him there. God doesn't fit in your box. He's so big. Let him blow your mind. Would you spend time just contemplating him, just thinking about him, just just talking to him, praying, reading about him, learning, and letting your heart just keep getting filled up by how incredible he is. And then be like Moses and say, God, that's not enough. I don't want more from you. I want more of you. <laughs> I want more of your presence and your glory in my life. I love that God didn't even stop there, right? That was Moses' experience. But the beautiful thing about Christmas and this moment that we stop and pause and just think about what God's done. God didn't just stop at putting us in the cleft of the rock, you know, in some cave and saying, stand there and you can look at my back. God's like, I want you to one day be able to stare me face to face. I want to take this broken world and universe and life, and I want to, I want to fix it. I want to redeem it. I want to restore it. I want you to be able to stare me in the face and look at me. See my full glory and be in my full presence. And so what he did was he, he sent this baby named Jesus to be that bridge. I want to read you guys Luke 2, verses 4 to 17. Just listen 
to how God bridges that gap. It says, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Sounds a lot like Moses, right? They were filled with great fear at the glory of the Lord. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with him the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, took off quickly, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. That story of Christmas is the answer to the problem Moses had. I mean, Moses was like, give me more. Like, I want more, God. He's like, I, I, it's coming. I swear it's coming. And his name is Jesus. And he's on his way. And as you look into that manger, you're staring into the very face. When you look at that little baby, that is the face of God. I'm going to bring you face to face with me. My solution is Jesus, my very son. You see, God always desires a deeper and deeper and deeper relationship with you. It's usually us who kind of hem and haw and hold ourselves back and say, God, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want this. The world's so attractive. Instead of just going, God, keep bringing it on. Let me keep knowing you more. Let me experience more of your power today. You see, he took that step when he brought us Jesus, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. But you know, it doesn't even stop there. God is in this like eternal pursuit of like bringing us closer and closer to him. There will be a day when we look, can look into the full glory of God and not be disintegrated. It says to, to us in 1 John 3, 1 and 2, let me read it. See what kind of love the Father's given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be hasn't yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We'll be given these glorified bodies and be able to actually look directly into his glory. To see the fullness of his glory. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says, for now we see in a mirror darkly. But then, talking about what's to come, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I've been known fully. 
That's exactly what Moses was asking for. I want to know you fully. I want to see you face to face, all of your glory. I want to be in your presence. And I want you to know me. And God said, okay. That's what I'm going to do. Send us Jesus, and one day Jesus will return and bring us into heaven to give us glorified bodies. And we will have an eternal relationship face to face in the full glory of God, our creator. I'm looking forward to that day. Joy builds in my heart as I think Jesus is coming back. I'll get to know my God in a way I've never known. And I would hope that you guys have that same excitement and joy and desire for a God who loves you enough to send his only son to die for you. God who desires this incredible relationship with you. And so tonight, you guys just, the band's going to come up and lead us in another song, but here's what I would ask you to do as we sing this next song. Would you just think in your own heart, Lord, how much do I desire you? Lord, how much do I really want your glory and your presence in my life? Would you just be honest between you and God for a moment and say, like, would I really even say I know you too? Or is this just some church thing that I do? But maybe tonight you want a real relationship. You want to know the living God in a real way where you would say, he knows my name. Would you just ask him that tonight as we sing this next song?